Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Magnetic Goddess podcast. I'm your host, Amy Lee Westervelt. Today, I have a fantastic guest for you. Chris Ashley is a coach, author, and speaker who has spent the past two decades immersed in the research, spiritual teachings, and practices she shares. Her book, Change Your Mind to Change Your Reality, has been endorsed by three experts from The Secret. You guys know how I love The Secret Experts. Anita Morjani and many others in the spiritual and personal development space. And she is here live with us today. You're listening to The Magnetic Goddess, a podcast for women who are ready to step into their power and live their best lives. I'm your host, Amy Lee Westervelt, and I'm here to guide and inspire you to take the journey back to your higher self. We'll talk about everything from personal development to career growth to relationships. We'll share tips, tools, and strategies that will help you become the most confident, successful, and magnetic version of yourself. We'll also talk to inspiring women who have already achieved their dreams and are living their best lives. We'll learn from their stories and discover what it takes to create a life that is truly fulfilling. I believe that every woman has the potential to be a magnetic goddess. She has the power to attract anything she wants in life, and she can create her birthright of abundance. I'm here to help you tap into that inner goddess and live your best life. I'm so excited to have you on this journey with me. Let's start living our best lives together as magnetic goddesses. Welcome, Chris, to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Amy Lee. I'm really excited to be here. I'm really glad that you're here. And I know that we've had this one planned for a while. So I'm really excited to to chit chat with you. So, um, you know, in reading about in reading your bio and um, everything about, you know, that you've been through, you, you've certainly had quite quite a life, um, you know, and, and really been through some um, some traumatic things that have informed your journey. Would do you like to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So I had a spiritual awakening in 2002. And like many people who have had a spiritual awakening or just gotten to that point where something needed to change, they were ready to reinvent themselves. The catalyst for that was my own trauma. So my story was that when I was 12 years old, I was sexually abused by a family member for four years. And I had this really big, tight knit, extended Italian family. And when they found out what happened, many of them disowned me. I got calls and letters from people who had been like second mothers to me telling me they didn't love me anymore and I wasn't their family and I wasn't permitted to see cousins who had been best friends. And as you can imagine, this left me with a lot of what I call low vibration emotions like anger and guilt that as a young adolescent, I didn't know how to cope with. You know, most adults don't know how to cope with those types of emotions. And so it left me with uh, in a really dark place. I was self-harming. I was getting in trouble in school. I was doing drugs. And I was on this downward spiral. And then everything changed when someone handed me a book in 2002. And what this book did is it changed my way of thinking, being, moving through life. It showed me that There is so much more to this universe and this human experience than what we see with our five senses. And when I remember reading that book and thinking like, wow, this feels like the truth. And I like to say I was like a sleeper agent, right? Like something inside of me just woke up. And then when I finished that book, I started reaching for more. 
And I was just devouring every metaphysical, spiritual, personal development book I could get my hands on. And I started going to retreats. I found all of these teachers to study under. And I didn't know it at the time, but I was doing all the hard inner work. To me, I was just on this quest for hidden sacred knowledge, right? I, I thought I was tapping into the secrets of the universe, but I was doing all these healing modalities and I was really healing myself. And my world started to change and I was getting better and synchronicities were happening and I was manifesting all these things. And then the second part of my story is that as I was changing my mind and getting better, my mother started to get worse. So her family had been ripped down the seams and she didn't have these healing modalities and teachers and books that I did. And it started to manifest as physical illness for her. She, she developed cancer. She developed hepatitis. She had all of these very serious illnesses, but she also had some really bizarre afflictions that her doctors couldn't even explain. And so they did what they do. They gave her pills and then they gave her pills for the side effects of those pills. And she was on a fentanyl patch for years. And as a result, she slept for all but a few hours of daylight. She would fall down all the time. She would fall asleep at the dinner table. She would forget conversations we had just the day prior. And that lasted almost 15 years. And so I had this compounded guilt that I had destroyed my family and broken my mother. But I believe everything happens for a reason. I, I believe we choose these big life circumstances. And I realized that in the end, it was my mother who was my biggest teacher. Because every step that she took deeper into depression and illness and victimization, I climbed in the other direction out of that dark tunnel. Because I was seeing right in front of me firsthand what happens to a human body and spirit when they choose that path. Because we always have a choice. And then I was seeing what happened to my own body and spirit as I was changing my mind about life and the nature of reality and the universe. And I made a promise to myself, and it's a promise I've kept to this day, that I would do everything I could to heal physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And, uh, you know, after two decades of studying all this and, you know, really doing all this work, uh, my life changed. I've crafted the life of my dreams and I decided it was time to give back. So I wrote my book, Change Your Mind to Change Your Reality. I've launched uh, some coaching programs and now I'm able to help others, which is, I think, why I went through it all to begin with. Oh, I think you're muted. Uh, you're, you're muted, Amy Lee. Oh, I don't know why. That's weird. <laughs> um, <laughs> What a remarkable story and, and so unfortunate for your mom and everything she went through. It's, it's interesting how sometimes we learn through contrast, you know, sometimes it takes seeing someone else going through something to notice that we don't want to go through it. And I think as light workers, sometimes we ask ourselves like, why, why am I in this place? Why was I given to these parents who don't understand me? or don't necessarily value me in the way that I'm meant to be valued. And like, if I'm so loved universe, if I'm so wanted, if I'm so special, then why do you put me in these positions of neglect, of abuse, of, you know, just being discarded? And, and I think that, you, you know, you make a really good point. Sometimes we need to be able to see what we don't want and, and who we don't want to be in order to really 
resonate with who we do, you know? Um, and, and, you know, as for me, as a mother, I have five children. Um, there are a lot of things that I've done very differently with them. And I still, I'm sure I still have some tendencies of my parents that I'm not proud of. I probably yell too much and things like that, but, but there are certain things that I'm like, okay, I remember this and I want to do it differently. And I don't know that we necessarily would have had that experience had we not gone through those things. And, you know, uh, at the risk of making it about me, I share a lot of the same, uh, not all of, but some of the same instances um, that you have. And so I resonate very, very deeply with that. I think that's such a great point that you've brought up. And, you know, I've been on so many of these shows promoting my book and and no one's quite said it that way about contrast. And, and I like that a lot. You know, I think that we, we have these predetermined big life circumstances that we're going to go through that we create, you know, with our guides before we come here. And they are for the purpose of our own learning, our own growth, our own leveling up, because that's why we're here, right? So they kind of ready the soil, they plant the seed, then it's up to you if you grow from it. You know, I'm I'm sure you've heard that parable of the two brothers. Um, and one of them was an alcoholic, he had a really rough life, he, you know, couldn't keep a job, he couldn't keep a relationship. And then the other one was super successful and had this loving family and just this amazing life. And this interviewer asked the first brother, you know, why do you think you're like this? And he said, because I have an alcoholic father. And then he asked the second brother, why do you think you're like this? And he said, because I have an alcoholic father, right? So it's all about, you know, these these, uh, circumstances we find ourselves in give us these choices. You can either become better and more awakened and more conscious and forgive, or you can become bitter and fall into resentment and less conscious. So we always have a choice. Yeah, it's so true. And even, you know, with everything that's going on in the world right now, um, you know, be, being a Jewish woman, like obviously my heart hurts, but, but, but my spiritual heart, which I think you can resonate with hurts so much deeper because I'm so much deeper connected to humanity than to, to any real identity that I have. And I have to keep telling myself, these souls are in charge. They're in charge. I don't understand that. I don't see that on, on this plane. I see a lot of victimization on both sides, but the souls are in charge. And remembering that we come here, like you said, for, for the journey we're meant to have and to have the awareness of the human experience and to make choices in alignment with, you know, either like the service to others path or the service to self path. I think that when we understand that, I think it takes a lot of the pressure away because it's like, we're not even, we're not even in charge. We're kind of like marionettes and our higher self is up there like, okay, now move your hand this way now, you know? Um, but I think it's really beautiful what you said about owning, owning that and recognizing like for you, you know, like it's not going to go down like this for me. Like, that's not going to be my legacy. I'm going to do everything I can to create what I need to create for myself, period, end of story. And I, I think that that's really inspirational. So you mentioned, um, you mentioned a book that changed everything for you. What book was that? It was called The Ancient Secret of the Flower of Life by Drinvilo Melchizedek. Have you read it? No, I haven't, but I need, clearly I need to hear all about it. it. It's pretty awesome. Um, what I, what he did really well that I liked, and I tried to do this in my own book too, is he kind of left a lot of breadcrumbs. So there were a lot of paths for me to follow after I finished that. 
like he introduced me to Zachariah Sitchin who wrote, you know, the 12th planet and all of the series about like Nibiru and the Anunnaki. And he, um, he talks a lot about sacred geometry and there was just so many paths to go and, and the law of attraction before it was even a buzzword, like way back before it was even a buzzword. But I, I wanted to touch on what you just said, uh, because I think it's really important and, just with the conflict going on. And I know this episode is not going to come out for a while. We're recording this on Halloween uh, when the Israeli-Palestine conflict is in full fledge. And, you know, I have I have like over 30 family members in Israel and I, I relate to what you said. And it's, it's so easy to get swept up in like the emotions, right? Um, but, you know, we all create our own reality. And because we all create our own reality, like any possible reality can exist. And quantum physics even says that, right? It backs it up, which is so cool that science backs it up. And we get to choose what we let into our reality. And, you know, we can we can still be aware of all of this happening, but but choose to not get swept up in the emotion or at least the emotion of like hate or anger, right? Those low vibration emotions, because the more we focus on what we want in our reality, rather than what we don't want, the other things start to fade away, right? It's alchemy. You're transforming darkness into light, uh, you know, hatred into joy and love. And it, it takes a lot of work. Um, but you can have compassion for people but not get swept up in like, and it's so hard, right? But not get so swept up in like the anger of it. I think, you know, I mean, you never know where these conversations are going to go, but I I think that the, the thing that really, for, for me anyway, I think it's more, it's more the anti-Semitism. It's more the fear of like, what's going to happen as a person yeah. who is of this faith, who's living in a country where, it's kind of free to say whatever you want, which may or may not come off as violent. Now, that being said, believe it or not, and this is going to ruffle a lot of feathers, so y'all buckle up. I do believe that we attract the vibration that we create. And I will stand here readily and say that I do think that the, the trauma of persecution is so deep in the DNA of the Jewish people that I do believe that we manifest these things collectively uh, from time to time. And it's definitely been something that I've struggled with, you know, like, oh my gosh, what if this happens again? What if this happens again? And I know that when, when you share that sentiment with millions of other people, especially in one moment when it's activated, I definitely think there's something to be said about manifesting that you know manifesting things you don't want um and you know there are some people that go as far as to blatantly say that we manifested the holocaust um and though i can't really go right over there i can't say that there aren't there aren't threads of truth to the to that statement um but i do think that there's kind of this crossroads of like okay how do we, and maybe you have the answer because I don't know that I do. How do we find that fine line between let's stay in our own sphere of influence and airtight compartments as Dale Carnegie would say, because I bet you and I read all the same books. Um, but at the same time, recognizing that there is this fear of, you know, no one being left to protest, if you will, to quote, you know, Nimoyler, like what, 
like how do you draw that line between living in this utopia of your mind and creating your own reality and also not being silent to something that becomes kind of a bigger cancer than and this is a genuine question this isn't like a let me put you on the spot on my podcast thing this is like a you know I would like to hear your thoughts on that I mean that's kind of what I was saying is like it's it's something I've been struggling with this week as well and I have posted a few things and you know because I and I, I resonated with what you said in the beginning, like your spiritual heart feels different than your your human heart, right? Ego is, what does Wayne Dyer call it? Edging, uh, earth guide only. And I think that's so, so brilliant because we have this higher aspect of us where there's, you know, I, I truly believe like you do that we have manifested uh, a lot of what goes on in our life and that we are here to learn lessons and that we choose our life circumstances. We choose how we're going to be born, how we're going to die, the parents we're born to, our religion, where what we're going to look like, the race we are, because those things give us the, the environment that we need to learn the lessons that we're going to learn. And I believe that, you know, once we cross over, there's nothing but forgiveness and love for all of us, right? We've seen that from countless NDEs, right? People are not judged for anything they did in their life. They go through the life review and they feel what it's like. They feel what all of those instances were like for other people involved. So they can like feel how they affected other people, but there's no judgment right? It's all for lessons. It's all done in this unconditional loving way. But I, I also feel the the earth side of it where it's like, well, wait, my family's over there in absolute terror. And I feel for the Palestinian people to the innocent, the innocent civilians I feel for, I, I, you know, and it's it's hard to, it's hard to feel for terrorists. But I also know that people who are who intentionally hurt others are coming from a place of their own pain and their own fear, right? They have a gaping hole in their souls. They are disconnected from their higher self. They're disconnected from love. They're disconnected from source. And I write about, I actually have a chapter about this in my book and I, I, I've, I haven't thought about it in the context of terrorists, but I've talked about it in the context of violent criminals, you know, where if we can turn to these people with love and compassion maybe we teach them a new lesson about the world. But I don't know. I don't know if it goes for people that are just so filled with hatred that they just want to eliminate an entire race of people. I don't know. I don't have an answer. This is just me kind of talking through it too. I don't I don't know that there is an easy answer. But I think if we can have compassion rather than condemning, uh, we're on the right track. I think also, just, just to be the, the alien in the room, I mean, we don't have confirmation that every living being on earth even has a soul. Um, For all we know, there are humanoids that are walking around that don't. And I'm not talking about sociopaths who can't feel empathy. I'm talking about, we don't know that everything that's here is what we are. And so, you know, sometimes I wonder if some of these just, you know, complete evil entities if they're genuinely just not what we are, you know, and I I don't, I don't see anywhere in the fabric of, of spirituality where that couldn't be a thing because 
the end of the day, evil and good, they're relative, they're duality, right? There's this, there's the control aspect and the love aspect. And, and I think that, I think it, I think they're all for the good and it doesn't make sense, <laughs> but I think like we said at the very beginning, contrast, right? Like, how do you know you're good if you don't know what's bad? How do you know that you're in alignment if you can't see what's out of alignment? And perhaps in some screwed up cosmic existential way, that's the greatest gift of all. Yeah, I like that. And, you know, I'm a big proponent of Dolores Cannon's work. And she she talks about a lot of things that you kind of touched on, like the first being Earth as a school, right? We are here to learn lessons. And 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 it's a difficult grade. It's a difficult school to go through. You know, she says, I don't know if I if I agree with this, but she says that it's the most difficult in the universe. I, I like to think that there's probably other ones that are also very challenging. But, you know, she says, like, only the bravest souls come here. And, you know, what would what would school be without challenges, right? Purposely placed here for us to overcome. But, but as you were talking about, you know, maybe we're not the only entities here. Dolores also talks about background people. And if listeners aren't familiar with background people, they're, they're kind of like the extras in a movie. Like if you, so if you think about it, you are the lead actor in your own life. And this whole thing is like the stage setting of a play, a setting of a movie, right? We're here to, to play our roles. And there's, there's other supporting actors that come in and out of your life and these enemies, these villains that are are playing these roles in your life, like they're probably your best friends on the other side of the veil. And they volunteered to play this role so that they could help you grow. Because it's the villains that that have that friction that challenge you to grow. Right. And then after you're both on the other side of the veil, they all the actors take their costumes off. They give you a big hug. They tell you how proud of you they are, which is also what's helped me a lot with forgiveness, that whole idea. But then background people are like the extras. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's even like the idea of like, these aren't beings with souls. They're just like these background people. So, you know, and again, talking about ruffling feathers and I'm, you know, just as a hypothesis, putting that out there as a possible idea, like, Maybe when we hear about these horrible tragedies that happen in masses of people, like maybe a lot of those were background people and it, it's all happening. Life is happening for us, not to us. Right. And it's happening so that we get to decide how we react or respond or how we learn from it or how we handle that situation. So, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm not saying that that's what's happening right now, but it's it's right. things that I've thought about for sure. And I don't it's, know. I think that there's always more to it than than meets the eye, right? There's so much more going on than we're aware oh, of. Absolutely, absolutely. And so much more that we're aware of that we don't even know we're aware of. Like I'm chuckling because, yeah. I, and I shouldn't be chuckling because it's a tragedy, but um, that idea of background people. So one of the things about me, and I, I've never told you guys this either, but one of the things about me is that I know things, I'm claircognizant, but like, I still haven't figured out what that means. And so I will come up with these ideas and then I'll find out it's in a book or like it, someone spoke on it. So you're talking about background people. Again, I got to wipe the smile off my face because this isn't funny. Um, when I was in high school, there were two sisters that were killed in a drunk driving and not a drunk driving. It was a hydroplaning accident, excuse me. And I remember thinking like, 
these two girls, they were so nondescript and they were so, I just remember thinking they were like, like nobody was ever going to date them. They were like, kind of like on the, like the periphery, like they were just there to be some of the members of the school class. And I remember thinking they were background people and like, but they, like they came so we could all have the experience of their death and being children and having loss but I didn't feel like they were really here to live the whole experience. And the fact that you just said that is like, I mean, this happens all the time, but every, it never gets old, you know, like knowing these things and not knowing them and then being like, Oh yeah, that someone-so talked about that. Anyway, this is about you, not me. Um, it's, it's a conversation. conversation. <laughs> it's, it's so fascinating though. It really is. And to be able to talk to somebody, I don't want to say who gets it because that's so egoy but somebody who can speak the language that I feel like a lot of people just aren't ready to speak right like it's too you know esoteric it's it's too existential um oh I know what I wanted to ask you so we were talking about NDEs a minute ago and you know I think that the NDE is something and if you guys don't know what that is that's a near-death experience I I think some people not some people, some entities have used NDEs to kind of push an agenda, right? Mm -hmm. Like this is the right religion or this is the right way because I saw this. And I was curious, and again, I know you're just a person like me, but I just want to pick your brain. What do you think is the significance of the people who have an NDE that is, you know, aligned to a certain religious iconography or whatever. Does that make sense what I'm asking? Yeah, totally. I I think like from what my own beliefs and from what I've read and heard and, and I'm like, you know, I've already told you, I'm like such a book nerd and I'm still studying under all these teachers. Um, people will see what they need to see when they first go. So, you know, and, and, and that goes like always, like if people believe like without any doubt that like they are going to hell, like there is no hell, but like, they're going to see something that represents that, you know, if people are just devout, uh, Jesus, like Jesus is the savior, like they're probably going to see Jesus. And it's a way of making people feel safe when they first cross over and not everyone needs that. You know, some people really need that, but a, a lot of people will do, you know, most NDEs follow the same kind of trajectory, right? People kind of leave their body. They get this expanded view where they can see everything going on, even for like miles across, you know, the earth. And then they, some people see the tunnel, uh, they can see or sense like loved ones that have passed. They can go through the life review. Like these are things that get reported all the time with NDEs. So it, it seems like the people who see the religious things or experience those really need that in the moment as like a way to comfort them and make the transition a little more gentle. That's, that's kind of my take on it. Yeah. I resonate with that. I definitely, cause I feel like if I saw Jesus at the end of the tunnel, my first thought would be, uh Oh, damn it. I chose wrong. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Like, ugh, we have to stop. No. And honestly, I, I've, I have a really healthy appreciation for Jesus as a Jew, ironically, now at this time in my life, it's, it's, it's mind boggling the human experience. And the more that you unfold it and peel it and peel it and peel it, if you want to, right. Not everybody does. It's like, 
feel and tell me if you agree I feel like if I ever found myself in solitary I I would never have a shortage of things to think about because it's just like you just yeah I'm like I would just do yoga and meditate <laughs> yeah yeah or like just think about thinking about thinking and see how far you could inception it you know like it's just yeah. it's so oh the human experience man it is it is such a wild ride and you know yeah. you mentioned about earth school I I agree um the only thing I would say is I think we're all in different grades I mm. think my parents might be fourth graders and I'm an 11th grader and my son is a you know 10th grader and like I think we're all and that and that's been especially for me as a mom being able to recognize that my children are just on the same road, but at a different spot. And I have these conversations with my 11 year old daughter. She's like, mom, I'm you, I'm just you. And I'm like, I know it creeps me out because you really are like, I'm literally having a conversation with a 4d expression of myself. It it blows my mind, but I, I suppose that's a story for another day. Um, so tell me, Chris, what do you feel like makes you a magnetic goddess? What makes me a magnetic goddess? You know, I think I, I think after everything that I've been through, I'm I'm here. My purpose is to help humanity. You know, I want to be here to help people ascend to the next level, to help the earth ascend to the next level. Because it's it's like one of the most exciting times we could have possibly hoped to incarnate right? You can feel the the rapidness of things changing, right? The earth is splitting 3D to 5D. And I think that the world needs a lot of healers right now. And, you know, again, to just talk about Dolores Cannon, she wrote a book called The Three Waves of Volunteers and the New Earth. And I've done some past life regressions uh, with her style. And you know, I'm a volunteer here. Like I, I came here to help for the universe. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's like my mission. It's my purpose. And, you know, I think we're, we're all goddesses in our own way, aren't we? I definitely think so. Absolutely. So where can folks grab your book? And also, um, how do they get in touch with you if they resonated with this message today and they want to work with you further? Yeah, totally. Thanks for the opportunity. Uh, So my book is called Change Your Mind to Change Your Reality. It is available anywhere you get your books, Amazon, Google, Apple, Walmart, uh, Barnes and Noble. It's in paperback, ebook, audiobook. Uh, ChrisAshley.net is my website, and I spell Chris with a K. Change Your Mind with Chris is my handle everywhere, all over social media. Change Your Mind with Chris Ashley is my podcast, so I'm pretty easy to find out there and on the interwebs. Oh my gosh. So good. I cannot wait to read your book. Um, you probably sent it to me and I didn't see it, but if, if you did, I'm going to go find it and binge it. Cause that's what I do. I read a 600 page, um, fiction novel yesterday. So this will be nothing. Um, but thank you so much for being here. It has been such a pleasure getting to know you, talking to you, hearing more about your story and, and having you share your, your unique brand of wisdom with us. So thank you so much for that. Yeah, thank you too. I feel like this conversation came really at a timely place for me as well. So I got a lot out of it. So thank you. And thank you for all you do. Love to hear that. Thank you so much. And ladies and gentlemen, that'll do it for this week's episode of the podcast. Until next time, may you be happy, may you be healthy, may you be safe, and may you be at peace. Namaste.